electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'll be with my friends. I'm just trying to make a little money. My job, not just entertain, but educate, teach, put in context. Call me, 1-800-743-CBC, or tweet me at Jim Kramer. We keep being told that this market could unravel at any minute. That includes the doomsday scenario about how the charts look so similar to the market's trajectory in 2008 and 2001. Never mind that those years were terrible because we got hit with some big curveballs in the fall. We've also been dealing with the comeuppance for big cap tech that seems to happen almost every day. And, of course, on the eve of the biggest non-ski trip to Wyoming in history. We are on tenterhooks betting that Fed Chief Jay Powell keeps the wheels in spin. But, man, the market sure didn't seem to take any of that seriously today. Dow gained 50 points, S&P climbing 1.41%, and then Nasdaq jumping 1.67%. Bye, bye, bye! Bye, bye, bye! House of pleasure. I think the widespread sense of doom and gloom is scaring you away from potentially very good act, uh, opportunities that, that I easy. see every day. Remember, remember how I close the show. There's always a bull market somewhere, and it's my job to find it for you. I first heard that bull market mantra when I was working at Goldman Sachs. One of my partners insisted I always have something to say to help our wealthy clients or potential clients. There's always a bull market somewhere is the progeny of smart business people trying to do more business and not sitting on their hands, feeling gloomy with nothing to say or, if worse, saying negative things, which happens to be the way I think most people in our business think about. Now, there have been times, including 2008, where there really wasn't a bull market. I mean, maybe a couple of calf markets at best. I always thought myself as kind of a matador on the wrong, way, wrong side of the store for certain. But listen to me, people. If you take one thing away from this and what we've been saying all week, this is not 2008. Right now, I think we've actually got a bleth- just a plethora of bull markets. I was just thinking about them all day. I just said, well, well I got to have some stuff that you got to be ready to buy into the weakness that is often self-fulfilling and created by negative thinkers. 
just in case we really are on the eve of destruction, another Fed-mandated meltdown could create some tremendous opportunities. But only if you know where to look and if you're ready for them when the market's in free fall. These will hold until true inflation comes down in wages, rents, and food, the trio of intractables. First, I'm calling whatever the heck is happening in the world of agriculture a bull market of insane proportions. Now, it's, it's not hard to see this one. Last Friday, Deere uh, reported, okay, and the farm equipment and uh, uh, equipment maker, they yeah, do a lot of industrial stuff too, I shouldn't say that, sounded pretty middling about its future. I, when I read it, I said, geez, these guys are pretty downbeat. Of course, when I heard the actual numbers, though, I was stunned at how well John Deere is doing. Deere an amazing quarter, and I had total faith that next year is going to be super for them. I've always liked the ag space because people have to eat, but there are times when farmers are overplanning and the group does poorly. This is not one of those times, which is why Deere could rally on its so-called poor quarter and why it's got more price target boost in response than any other company I can remember this earnings season. I got even more convinced about the ag bull market after speaking with Scott Wine, the Apple, albeit tough CEO of CNH Industrial. That's an amalgam of Case and New Holland, venerable names in the farm equipment biz. I happen to like the forlorn ag code, too. And as a longtime proponent of tractor supply, I know that they've got they have the game wired and offer terrific prices in the very underpenetrated feed and grain markets. But increasingly, I find myself drawn to the FERTs. Wall Street's name for fertilizers, namely Mosaic, CF, and Nutrient, all of which trade at mid-single-digit price earnings multiples here as the group has reportedly broken the hearts of investors who stayed too long. Now, anyone who's followed the group knows that when the grain complex peaked not that long ago, the fertilizer stocks did roll over. Now, though, we have horrible droughts throughout the Northern Hemisphere, and that means corn yields will most likely disappoint. Ukraine, which accounts for 13% of the world's calories, is operating basically at half mass. And what can I say? Talk about visibility into 2023. Let me throw in the seed companies, too. Most visibly, Corteva, a company I talked to, with improving fundamentals that might be able to uh, put through a price increase, maybe even two, not in the not-too-distant future. One of the rare outfits that still has tremendous pricing power in a world where people are very worried about pricing power at all. Second bull market, well, one of my long-term favorites is auto parts. Yeah, long-time Kramer fave AutoZone remains the king. And I can tell you as the owner of a 16-year-old car, the zone is the best place to get what you need. Let me put AutoZone in perspective. Last night, we heard from Salesforce announcing its $10 billion buyback. And we instantly huddled over the impact. That's huge, right? I got to tell you, it's nothing next to AutoZone. This company had 30 million shares in 2016. Now it has less than 20 million shares. During this period, the market capitalization has grown from 21 billion to 43 billion. Now there's also advanced auto parts, but it missed last time out. I want to get into the zone. Keep it simple. Third, it's hard to tell because of the endless series of mishaps from Boeing. But there's a bull market in aerospace and defense, too. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has caused the West to get serious about armaments again. And when you think about armaments, and aircraft, that means we should be thinking about Raytheon. Here's a stock that seems almost chronically undervalued. It's up 12% for the year. It's pretty good uh, versus the averages, but not so hot compared to the strength of its end markets. Here's how you have to think about Raytheon. Right now, the United States has only given Ukraine $13 billion in security aid. I think this is a travesty. But if our government believes Russia's run by lunatics who will launch nukes if we escalate the situation too aggressively, then we're stuck with that low level of involvement. In that case, there are really two ways the war could play out. 
Either Germany and France decide to sue for peace once it gets colder, and Russia decides to put the squeeze on their desperately needed natural gas supplies, or the U.S. government decides, switches its, uh, its purview, and says, you know what? We're going to treat this like a full-blown uh, full proxy war and defeat the Russians the same way Reagan beat the Soviet Union in Afghanistan and then subsequently with the wall falling. We'll need more big weapons in either scenario, and that's Raytheon. I would have emphasized Lockheed Martin, too, but it's already up 23% the year. I'm betting Raytheon can play catch-up. Finally, there could be a long-term bull market coming out of the inaptly named Inflation Reduction Act because there are huge climate subsidies in there. In fact, there are parts of the legislation focused on making the electric grid more climate-sensitive, and they read like they were written by Generac, a company we just heard from. Generac produce products can store solar power and help you sell your energy back to the grid while also charging your electric vehicle. I think California's new mandate that uh, new cars will have to be fully electric by 2035 will also give Generac a huge boost. I know that the bill favors plug power for hydrogen vehicles, and it lowers the price so the company's truly viable here. And I'm intrigued about what the law may mean for darling ingredients, ingredients, the ultimate recycler of all sorts of waste. After speaking with them, I believe they have a bright future, too. So the bottom line, there's always a bull market somewhere. And right now they're in agriculture, auto parts, aerospace, defense, alternative energy. Four bo- big bull markets in a tape that refuses to stay down, even though almost every hedge fund manager seems to think that the averages are about to tank in any day now. Keith and Wisconsin Keith. Booyah, Dr. Kramer. Thank you for Booyah. taking my call today. Of course. I'm a long-time course. watcher and second-time caller. And for the investment call with the morning meeting. You kept, oh, me invested through the, you kept me invested through this turbulent market and gave me an invaluable education that helped me high-grade my portfolio. I really appreciate oh, thank that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, that makes a, you know, makes a world of difference to hear things like that because the invest, investing club is a labor of love, but it needs to be a labor of money. Let's, let's get working together. What's up? I know that you're a big fan of Morgan Stanley. Morgan Stanley yes. is in the trust, and I'm looking for some exposure to the financial market. But one of the first guests you had at your new set was Larry Stink at BlackRock, and I have always been impressed with him when he has been on CNBC. What do you think of BlackRock as compared to Morgan Stanley? Thank you, Jim. Bye, bye, bye. I wish I could own both. Thank you for those incredibly kind words. The Investing Club is meant for people like you, Keith. We have Morgan Stanley. We like the yield. It's a little bit higher. Uh, James Gorman's doing a magnificent job at Morgan Stanley, but I have to tell you, you're absolutely right. Larry Fink's doing a fantastic job at BlackRock. They may be six or half dozen. Those are both great companies. How about we go to Jack in Maryland? Jack. Booyah, Captain Kramer. Booyah. What's up? It's a pleasure to talk to another seafaring man. Oh. Uh, bring a subset of your crew down, and we'll put the sea on the Chesapeake. My crew, I always just, what I say to my crew is, me. <laughs> well, I'm an engineering physicist at the university, which gives me a little insight into uh, technology. And one company that's uh, in my portfolio that I'd like you to comment on is the old spinoff from Moat, MSI. I have felt, and thank you for those kind words, Jack, that I have missed the boat on this stock so many times. It is so good. Motorola Solutions is so well run. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to invite Greg Brown, 
the CEO of Motorola Solutions to be on next week. That's a game changer. Thank you, Jack. Okay, there's a lot of positivity in agriculture, auto parts, aerospace, and defense, and alternative. We look at the graphics here. Hey, don't you love them? Come on, let's celebrate the downtown set for a few seconds. There's always a bull market somewhere. Don't let the widespread sense of doom and gloom just scare you out of stocks. Oh, man, money tonight. Workday report after the bell, and it's stunning. That is part two of our fantasy football lineup. So which players and stocks make the cut for everything from tight end to kicker? I'm going to reveal my pick. And Williams-Sonoma reported a quarter that pleased Wall Street. I'm finding out what's behind the strength of the company's top risk. It's not too late there. And stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Look at the stock of Workday Go, the cloud-based software company that handles human capital management and financial planning. Just reported tonight, and its stock is roaring in after-hours trading, just like Snowflake yesterday. After the close, Workday delivered a good top and bottom line beat, management also raising their full-year operating margin outlook. Now, it may not sound huge, but this stock has fallen substantially from its highs last year, and today's quarter is far better than most in its cohort, and therefore was enough to send it into the stratosphere. Can it keep climbing? 
Let's see deeper with Anil Bushri, the co-founder, chairman, and co-CEO of Workday. Find out more about the quarter and what comes next. Mr. Bushri, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks for having me, Jim. Hope you're well. Okay, so Anil, let's just get right to it. This is a rather astonishing report. It's the kind of report that we used to get when the economy was strong and we had very little to worry about. I want to know why you're either operating in a vacuum or the product you have is so essential that there really doesn't need to be any, uh, let's say, spur in the economy for you to be delivering your numbers. Well, you know, as my as my good friend Mark Benioff talked about yesterday, this uh, this focus on digital transformation, it just remains unabated. Uh, Companies are moving more and more things into the cloud. The pace is not slowing down. And I'm just very proud of the team for what they what they did in the second quarter. It was uh, it was really a strong quarter. Now, I was parsing over your previous earnings call, the, the May 26, and you were actually worried about things that you couldn't control. You worry about macroeconomic and geopolitical environments. Those did not impact your numbers. How is it possible that things you were worried about in May didn't impact yours when so many were worried about things in May and it turned out to be they were worse than expected? Well, you know, I, I can't comment on the other other companies. There's no question that the macro environment is challenging for the second half of the year, and I think it is for everybody. Uh, we had a couple deals slip from Q1 into Q2, and, you know, companies will talk about how they're, how they're slipping. We were able to close all those deals that slipped. And then we pretty much just ran the tables, and it was across all products and all geographies. Uh, and I think probably the area of strength was finance. Uh, the financial applications were really strong. And maybe there was some pent-up demand there. Well, I'll tell you, I want to talk about finance, particularly because there's a company that is a company that I really like that's buying back $10 million worth of its stock that was trying to be more optimistic, but was talking about a measured environment, which is indeed, again, Salesforce. And they are expanding the financial management. So they are relying on you right now to do what? What do you do that makes it so you're essential right now to Salesforce? Uh, well, they've always been a big HR and payroll customer, really, really HR across the board. And now they're expanding that partnership to include, uh, include core financials, planning, uh, and procurement. So they've, they've really uh, gone all in on the Workday platform. And we've gone all in on the Salesforce platform. As you know, they've been our best partner since Dave and I started the company 17 years ago. And, uh, and the partnership just continues to build. I've got a huge amount of respect for, for Mark and I've, Gone to know Brett Taylor and our partnership just gets stronger over time. So we're so this, it's what's great when you when you really find a company you can work with uh, and that you can trust. And I think that's where we are with Salesforce. And I hope they would say the same about us. Oh, I'm sure I know they will. Now, you, I, I like new wins as always. And there was a win that you got in planning that took my breath away. You won Exxon Mobil. Now, that is a company that is basically a leader, and there are probably 499 other companies in the SP 500 are now thinking maybe we should be checking them out. What did you do for ExxonMobil that they decided we need these guys now? You know, they run a very complicated environment. They've got a lot of joint ventures, and they wanted a they wanted a next generation planning tool, and so they went in on uh, Workday Adaptive Planning. We're almost on our four year anniversary of having acquired uh, Adaptive Planning. They've been a great uh, great acquisition, great team, and this is a this is a flagship win for us. They're going to use adaptive planning for uh, for financial planning across the company. So it, it's a, it is a huge win for us. It is a monumental win for planning uh, for us. I see some of these private equity companies putting together 
a group of companies. Uh, look, for instance, like Anaplan, which I, you and I both know, very well-run company. I would rather have Workday do that. I'd rather have Workday get an across-the-board uh, collection. Do you think about that, or is it just stick to my knitting right now, do what I'm doing, and if something really attractive comes, I'll look at it? Uh, you know, for the most part, we've we've stuck to our knitting. We have had some interesting uh, acquisitions that we've done, including Venly most recently. Uh, they tend to be smaller in size and highly innovative companies. And you know, in this business, it's very clear if, if you don't if you don't innovate, uh, innovate, you fall behind. And so we're looking for those next generation entrepreneurs that that might have a product that's adjacent to Workday. That was a case for Adaptive. That was a case for Venly. Uh, that was a case for Scout. Uh, that was a case for Pecan, and and they all are doing very well within the Workday umbrella. But none of them are huge acquisitions. That's not really our DNA. That really very true. Now, the last question I have is, I try to figure out whose stuff is so important to have in a time when so many executives are concerned. And I'm thinking it's kind of like when I talked to Frank Sloopman yesterday. There are there are companies that you have to go to, can't skimp on, and need even more during tougher times. I'm starting to think that that's Workday that you need workday in tougher times. You have to figure out who's valuable and who to keep, particularly in an era when if you lose people, you're really in trouble. I I hope you're right. And I I definitely think that's the case on the HR side. Uh, In a a mild, challenging macro environment, as opposed to a a deep, challenging macro environment, finance might get delayed a bit. But right now, we're not seeing the, the delays on the finance side. The business just feels good. But we have to be we have to be cognizant of the world we're heading into right now. And I think everybody sees it the same way. Well, I want to congratulate you and your team and congratulate you for your incredible humility, because this is a real blowout quarter for Workday. That's a Neil Bush receiver of Workday. It's always great to have you on the show, sir. Thank you, Jim. It's good okay. to be with you. Good to talk to you. Everybody be back in for break. Coming up, picking your portfolio can be tougher than picking a fantasy team name. Luckily, Kramer is good at both. A fantasy stock foray, next. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Every year as we get ready for the NFL season to come back, we like to run our own fantasy stock football draft because I think a fantasy roster is a terrific analog for a diversified portfolio. Last night, we started with my favorite quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers, along with their stock market equivalents. Tonight, we're rounding out our rosters with the tight ends, flexes, defenses, special teams, and kickers. I know, less than glamorous positions, but they can make a difference between winning and losing in fantasy, much in the same way that some of your lower-profile holdings can turn your portfolio around. 
It's what we always talk about when we're in the investing club. We'll start with the tight end position, which is kind of a hybrid role where you want a big body who can both block like an offensive lineman and ideally catch passes as well as a wide receiver would. In terms of production, the best performing tight end last year was none other than Mark Andrews from the Baltimore Ravens, even if he doesn't get the most hype. No one talks about this guy. He's terrific. He's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. And last year, he was catching passes better than most wide receivers. And this wasn't some flash in the pan. He's been putting up great numbers for the past three seasons. Terrific track record. First stock market equivalent, what do we got? Well, how about a big company with a similarly strong track record and the possibility of real upside? Well, guess what? That's Alphabet. Yes, Alphabet, the old Google. Like Mark Andrews, Alphabet's a quiet powerhouse, one that many investors have written off because they think it's too beholden to advertising. Boy, am I ever sick of that narrative. There's really nothing that comes close to running ads on Google. Great ROI, return on investment. At the same time, Alphabet's also a major player in cloud infrastructure. They're working on self-driving cars. They've got all sorts of bets on healthcare, robotics, internet technology, climate science. And they've also got the potential to make the big plays down the field. Just like Andrews, Alphabet is the total package. For another up-and-coming tight end, well, the, you know, it's the Pitts, is like, like I say. Yes, I go with Kyle Pitts, who's entering his second year with the Atlanta Falcons number four draft pick last year. He had a decent season last year, and many expect much more from him this time. But he doesn't have the greatest quarterback to work with in Atlanta. Still, Pitt should be talented enough to overcome a not-so-hot environment. You know what that reminds me of? None other than Atlanta-based Home Depot. Yeah, that I think can outperform, despite a tough environment for retail. While you've got to be worried about anything with housing exposure, Home Depot is now down more than 25% from its highs last year. Hardly ever see that down that much from its highs. Similarly, if you can get Pitts as a fourth or fifth round pick in your fantasy draft, I think that's a good value. Next up, there's the flex spot, which is, of course, an invention of fantasy football. I got to keep people interested, don't they? You can fill the flex spot with either a running back, a wide receiver, or a tight end. And the goal is simple. Get as many points as you can from that spot in your roster. For the flex spot, I don't know. Uh, you simply pick the best best player on the, who's on the bench. And, uh, and, and that is the best opportunity to rack up points. In other words, it's not a particular niche. Either because of a favorable matchup or an injury to one of your teammate, his teammates that leads to a bigger role for him or whatever else they've got going for them that week. But in keeping with the, sprint, the spirit of the flex spot, I want to give you two players who can both run and catch passes. First... First flex is a guy I know that I kind of want on my team and a lot of others in pure drafting I've been thinking about, which is Debo Samuel. Debo's placed for the uh, San Francisco Niners. Uh, technically, he was the second best wide receiver in the league last year, but he's more kind of a, what they call a Swiss Army knife player. He can run. He can catch. He deserves every penny of that new $71 million contract. But last year, he had a particularly great season because the Niners had a horrendous just a terrible streak of, of running back injuries, including all of my running backs from my fantasy team. So a lot of people expect this year won't be as good. But I think Samuel will still be a big contributor. But you know what he reminds me of? William Sonoma. Yeah, another San Francisco outfit that defines the flex ethos. Hey, by the way, we're going to be talking to William Sonoma in just a moment. When the pandemic hit, William Sonoma leaned even more heavily into e-commerce <coughs> excuse me, and made a fortune. In the post-pandemic year, many investors are betting Williams Cinema will struggle. But it hasn't happened yet, in part because they pivoted again 
focusing on more business-to-business sales. Don't be surprised if both Debo Samuel and Williams-Sonoma continue to outperform expectations. For another flex option, I'm thinking about Coca-Cola. Whoa, I'm thinking about drinking one of my pens here. Uh, oh, look. This is a cough. You'll never cough. You know who I like? Not bad. Don't do this at home. You know who I like? I like Cordero Patterson. Yeah, he was on my team last year. He plays with the Falcons. Listen, as a running back, what I loved about him is you can put him as a running back, but you, he rides as a wide receiver. Patterson is so versatile that he'll find ways to get points even on a bad team. Atlanta's a bad team. I think the Atlanta-based Coca-Cola is a good comparison. Their core business, well, no, comparison to the player, not to the company. Uh, the core business is uh, very defensive. I love this Jack and Coke. I, I actually like Jack and Coke Zero. I've had it. You can only get it in Mexico now. Trust me. I've been recommending Coca-Cola because it's also got a host of underappreciated growth prospects, including four different alcohol ventures like the Jack and Coke. If you want to know the truth, the Jack and Diet Coke is an old favorite of mine from, from the days when I was younger. Next, the defense special team spot on a fantasy roster is often disrespected. Treat as an afterthought. That's a mistake. A top-flight defense can be a real game-changer for your team, especially if they can rack up turnovers and even score a bit on their own. Now, I hate to admit this, but you know who does that? Dallas Cowboys. They did it very well last year. I mean, they, were, they weren't necessarily the strongest D, but they, they were seventh best on points. But uh, they racked up 26 interceptions, eight fumble recoveries, and even scored nine touchdowns. While the Cowboys' defense has lost some talent this year, I think the odds are good that they'll continue to be solid, and their offense has gotten so bad that the defense will be on the field a lot more. I just wanted to say that completely gratuitously, but that's also how maybe some truth to it. So this is the stock comparison. All right, Mike Worth, are you ready? Ski Daddy, it's you. It's Chevron. The best of breed integrated oil company we have known for the travel trust. Like the rest of the oil, Chevron has a fabulous run in the first half of the year. It's been clobbered over the last couple months, but it's coming back. Price of crude coming back, too. What makes it defensive is the dividend. Currently yields 3.5%. was more like 4 or 5% when the stock was much lower. Of course, that's what happens. Remember, dividend, but. Like the Cowboys defense, Chevron's not as good as it used to be with crude back in the mid to low 90s. You know what? I still think it's starting good. You know, they're making enough money to buy back a quarter of the company. For another option, even though no one cares about this team other than people who live in the town, the Buffalo Bills had the second-best defense special teams last year. Their defense was good, but it's the special teams that are spectacular, and they're real. And that was before they drafted a guy nicknamed the Punt God. The Punt God. Football's so clever. (laughs) The stock market equivalent? Well, I've got one for you, and it's Constellation. Yes, STZ. No, actually, it's Constellation Energy, the utility. And this is a defense. I happen to like STZ for the, for the fun, though. Constellation's up more than 50% since I started recommending it in March because it's one of the few publicly traded plays on nuclear energy, and everyone has decided suddenly that nuclear is good. People buy all these uranium stocks. I think that's child's play. Stick with Constellation. Like Buffalo's defense, it's a special situation story. And once again, I'm also going to promote STZ. So that's also from New York, but that happens to be a beer cup. Finally, there's the kicker spot. Again, typically an afterthought. But the best kickers can be big contributors to your fantasy team. And you know who I like? Justin Tucker from the Baltimore Ravens. By the way, he's been the most dependable kicker for several years running. He reminds me of the Baltimore-based spice maker, McCormick. 
which has outperformed the overall market of late, even as it's still down 8% for the year. McCormick's had a tremendous, tremendous long-term track record ever since they bought a bunch of sauces and condiments, like Frank's Red Hot Sauce back in 2007. I find you can put that on a lot of different things. <laughs> That's because there's a curse word in that sentence. The company's been hurt by raw cost inflation, but that's going away. I mean, well, the business is pretty recession-proof. Bottom line, remember why we do this fantasy stock football draft every year. It's a reminder that your stocks should serve a purpose in your well-rounded portfolio. Some are defensive names that keep their value when the market sinks. Some are speculative bets, high risk, high reward. You need the right balance if you're going to make it through a tricky environment in the NFL or in your portfolio. Oh, speaking of Maryland, why don't we go in Baltimore? Let's go to Kevin in Maryland. Kevin. Hi, Jim. How are you today? This Kevin, is this is fan- simply fantastic day. Oh, get out of town. Yes. How can I help? Uh, question for you. I was a beverage guy, and I finally retired. And I've always watched the Monster and uh, Celsius. And yes. six months ago, Celsius was down to 40. And Monster came down to 70. Now, all of a sudden, Chelsea's is shot up to a buck 13. How did they go get a triple that quickly? Uh, well, just they, the they made a, Where they made a partnership. They made a terrific partnership. And I happen to like these guys for a long time. Remember, PepsiCo and Coca-Cola have gotten much more aggressive in what they like to do. This was a fantastic deal that they made. They struggled with PepsiCo. It was up at, not that it was just like a week ago, but that's why it moved up. And thank you for calling so much in. It's great. I think the fantasy football draft is a terrific uh, analog for a diversified portfolio. Remember, every stock in your portfolio should serve a purpose. And you need the right balance between defense and speculative stocks. What's more made money at? Including my exclusive with the aforementioned William Sonoma. Climbing after earnings, could the company add some flair to your portfolio? I'm checking in with the company's top brass. And trying to understand the convoluted conference called gibberish from a host of CEOs, I'm putting the messaging into context. And of course, all your calls rapid fire tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. So many home-related retailers have fallen apart this year, but not all of them. Consider the case of Williams-Sonoma, the furniture company you also know as Pottery Barn, West Elm, and a bunch of others. For much of this year, Wall Street figured Williams-Sonoma would get obliterated, like Wayfair or RH, both of which did see their stocks nosedive. But apparently Williams-Sonoma didn't get the memo. They've now reported two excellent quarters in a row, the most recent being last night's fantastic 35-cent earnings beat off a $3.52 basis, much higher than expected same-store sales to boot. The stock's now surged more than 60% from its lows in May. How do they pull this off? Let's check in with Laura Albert, the president and CEO of Williams-Sonoma, to get a better read of the quarter and the outlook for the future. Ms. Albert, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks for having me. So, Laura, I've been searching about all of the different retailers and why one could have such spectacular numbers yours. And I decided it's because I never know what you're going to come up with. You have innovation. It's not the same store. It's not the same e-com. And I'm just curious to see what you're doing right now that you think is really driving people to come to your sites. Thank you for that question. Uh, You know, we um, have talked about our differentiators and, you know, we've talked about our multi-channel strategy and our values. But the thing I think people don't really appreciate enough is that we design our own products in-house. And that leads to a culture of innovation. People always thinking about where there's white space. 
most of our brands, we have started ourselves or reinvented ourselves. But there's so much more to do than just, you know, have another brand. There's infill. So, for example, this this quarter, we um, successfully launched PB Accessible, which is um, really under the heading of improving everyone's lives at home. But as people age in place and people with disabilities need different types of furniture and different things for their home, we want to meet their need. So that's, that's one example. Another one is the work we're doing with influencers and collaborators who come in and bring their view of, the, of what we should be doing to our brands. And in West Elm Kids, um, we have a great collaboration with Sarah Samuel Sherman and just fantastic new looks in the kids business. You heard us launch Hold Everything. We relaunched it. It's pretty exciting. And you know, I think after the pandemic, people really want to be organized in their home and they want quality organization that lasts. And so we brought back Hold Everything. That's under the Williams-Sonoma banner. And that's that's great. And I'll tell you one thing I didn't say yesterday, which is pretty exciting, which is West Elm is going to be the first home furnishings retailer to provide and be a partner with provide furniture, digital furniture and be a partner with Roblox. So I am just so excited to see what that that looks like and opening up that new world. Well, for us. That's a good example. I, I follow Roblox pretty closely and they come on my show. And I just don't think that your competitors would think that that would be something that they would know what to do with, or they may not even know what Roblox is. How do you stay so young? How did you stay so young to know that Haley Bieber is the person you got to affiliate with? Where, of course, I have to go ask my, my team, okay, what, what do I know about Haley Bieber? Yeah, how do you stay current? Well, you know, we have an incredible team. I cannot take credit for these things. We've got great brand presence, incredible people working for them. And just, I think if you let be, people be creative and innovative, they do more than you can ever expect. And I'm, I feel so lucky to and proud of this team. Now, I, I'm a, a different shopper, admittedly from a different demographic, a different age. And when I go to look at what you do in a kitchen, I can't get the stuff that you make other than if I say go to Italy or go to Sweden. Uh, you, you seem to have an, yeah. I know, you seem to have an excellent eye for what I would want for, let's say, craziness, a vodka martini. I mean, these are things you think of, too. You are a very sophisticated person with decent taste that cross many lines. Well, you know, on, on the Williams-Sonoma, you know, content is so important. It engages, inspires. And everyone's daydreaming about going to Italy, especially I keep hearing you talk about it, Gemma. When you go on, it's all over our homepage is our Italy-inspired product. And it's just, it's so engaging. And that's the kind of thing we do. We make things special. You should go into our store and salivate. You know, you should, you should always want to come to us and see new ideas. Well, I think the thing that you bought the most of this quarter was your stock. Now, I knew and told you many times, even in your quarter, that it was insane what was happening. You had the best quarter of almost every single retailer, and yet your stock was hit hard. This was a quarter where you in particular bought a lot of stock. Was this because you just see what's in the pipe? Or are you just sick and tired of your stock trading as if it's just a commodity furniture company? You know, we do have a lot of confidence in what we're doing. And why not make the investment in your own company when you think it's undervalued? So, you know, we have we have a great year ahead of us and multiple years of innovation ahead of us. Um, so it was it was the right thing to do. And I, I think, you know, our timing was good. Did, did you ever stop and think, you know what? We were a COVID plague 
uh, and now COVID's over, uh, what's going to do? Or, or were you always just confident that if you have quality, it doesn't matter whether there's a pandemic or not? Listen, I worry about everything, so I'll start with that. But COVID put people into their homes more, learning how to cook and working from home. And there are some things that have shifted back, but not everything has shifted entirely. And the truth of the matter is people are working from home. They're cooking. They know how to cook. They're entertaining. You might have bought things quickly because of COVID, but now you're looking for quality. You're looking for durability. You want sustainable products. So you're looking for those brands that provide that. And that's why I think we're outperforming is, is that we're, we're hitting that sweet spot of quality and value and design and sustainability. And, you know, people love their homes, Jim. People are going to always spend money on things that are important to them and their homes are so important. They have appreciated in value and they want to keep them looking great. Um, it's you know one of the best investments they can make. Well, the best investment I think you made was buying your own stock. I, I hope that you never want a stock to go down so you can buy more, but I hope our viewers recognize that you are cut above the rest. I want to thank Laura Albert, President and CEO of Williams-Sonoma, what stock we've bought for a long time. As long as she's going to be CEO, we're backing her. Thank you so much, Laura. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Jeff. Everybody's back in. Coming up, Kramer takes your calls, and the sky is the limit. It's a fast fire lightning round. Next. It is time. It's time for the lightning round. Chris Benson, Raffles, one of the table, bye bye bye. Somebody gonna be the main player this time. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski dead. Time to the lightning round. Let's start with Judy in Illinois. Judy. Hi. 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 Well, listen, I'm uh, 82, and I hold both AT&T and Verizon. And I've been doing some research on Verizon, and I'm thinking of selling it. But should I hold on to it and hope for better days? I was wondering what um, you might think of it. You know something, Judy, I'm not crazy about it. It does yield 5.85%. They have the ability to raise a dividend, but I think over time it's a wasting asset. I think if it does jump to like 45, 46, you're going to have to go. I'm very sorry. Let's go to Romy in California. Romy! Yes, uh, how about Marvell? Is it a buy or a hold? Marvell, the cop school is going on. Here's my take on Marvell. They, uh, they did a good job. Uh, not a great job. The stock's trading down a little bit. Why is it trading down a little bit? Because the demand is very good. They can't meet all the all the deal. They got some supply issues. Um, it's not a perfect quarter, but we will have a full piece out for the investing club later on if you want to make a decision. I need to go to Rob in Colorado. Rob. Hey Jim, long time uh, watcher, first time caller. Excellent. Uh, love to get your. Love to get your thoughts on Starbucks carriers, single PE, great earnings. Another one, in, yeah, but it's another one's coming with a high yield where the high yield is a red flag. Remind me, I've got to get a red flag for out here because I do not trust companies with that big a yield. Now I'm going to go to Rick in North Carolina. Rick. Hey, booyah, Jimmy. Booyah, Rick. I, uh, yeah, I love the program. Thank you for the continuing you. education. You're the best. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Join the club. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm looking for a natural gas play. And the company I'm looking at um, has considerable acreage. They've got pipelines, and they just broke ground on a uh, LNG terminal uh, outside of New Orleans. Um, should I uh, speculate with some mad money on 
Tellurian. I think Tellurian's terrific, and Sharif Suki is obviously a spectrum situation, but I would make, I would do it. You know why I'd do it? Because Sharif turned us on to all this. He was the, the godfather of the industry. Uh, we, you, know, you can hear about things like punt gods. I'm talking about, I'm talking about liquefied natural gas gods. How about Zachary in New York? Zachary. Hi, Jim. I'm curious as to what you think about the owners of KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. That is Yum Brand. I think Yum is okay. I think McDonald's is better, and I would rather be in that. I think McDonald's is going to 300. Uh, I, I, Domino's, I think, is as good as Yum Brand. So let's go to Juris in New York. Juris. Wow. It's a pleasure to be on your show, especially you tweeting oh. at 4 in the morning. You're my alarm clock. I appreciate you, uh, thank you. Yeah, I do that early morning tweeting, mostly because I like the, uh, I'm a member of the Main Street Vets team. What's going on? Well, I've been holding eight on several resources from from $3, and it's at over $42, I believe. And well, Jersey, what are you going to do? Jersey, you're going to take out your $3, and then you're going to let the rest run, because i got to tell you, I think Intero is an excellent company. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Bob Dylan famously crooned, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. But this early season, you do need a glossary to know which way a stock goes. Because we've had so many convoluted explanations for disappointing quarters that it's almost impossible to tell what's really going on. So tonight, I'll be your translator. Wall Street gibberish to plain English is my specialty. Last night, for example, Mark Benioff, the co-CEO of Salesforce.com, a stock that I own for my, for my charitable trust, said his customers are being measured in their buying. Measured. That's a word we've heard a lot of lately. It's an extraordinary statement in this case from someone who's usually a great closer, meaning he can normally sit down with the top-level executives who matter and close deals almost on the spot. When you're Benioff saying the customers are more measured, it means that executives who normally agree to take a Salesforce product with alacrity now have to run it up to the CEO, the CFO, maybe even the board of directors. It's amazing to me that even Salesforce, which is so integral to so many organizations, has started running into measured situations. But businesses have gotten more conservative about spending money here. They don't want to add too many new costs going into a slowdown. Now, I think it's a mistake to be measured about Salesforce because their software helps you control costs and bring in revenue and also, of course, eliminate more expensive workers. And that's why it was so stunning to hear a term like that out of Benioff's mouth. I knew it was going to crush the stock. And to be sure, neither the clients of Snowflake last night or Workday tonight were measured. Hmm. In short, measured means that it's harder to win business. Now, there's a similar term that's been tossed around a lot lately, and this is one that you really got to learn that I've never heard until this quarter, which is elongated. While measured is not good, elongated is awful. The context. These companies talk about elongated sales cycles, and you might think that means it's taking a lot longer to close on a deal. But when you read between the lines, elongated is the term they roll out when they can't close the deal at all. When you hear the term, you have to recognize that the next quarter will most likely be a disappointment because the elongated deals simply aren't going to come through. Some terms sound daunting, but are easily understood when you know the context. Many retailers reported excess inventory. Now, that in itself doesn't tell you anything. It means nothing. What you need to know is whether the excess inventory is being disposed of. 
For example, Target got rid of all of its excess inventory immediately. That was really smart. It allows them to open up their floor space to merchandise that people actually want. The other retailers that mentioned excess inventory that didn't take action still have it. Well, they've cut the price to unload it. And that kind of dribble out won't allow them to reclaim key space in their stores to put in better merchandise. For example, Bed Bath & Beyond has a ton of excess inventory made up of its own store brands that haven't that really sold badly. They need to bring in nationally branded merchandise, the kind that used to carry in huge quantities. But without clearing the old inventory out, the new stuff can't come in. In that sense... It doesn't matter that Bed Bath just got financing. What it needs are sales. Finally, we've heard a lot this quarter about clearing events. That means the company set up a new lower, albeit disappointing, benchmark that it thinks it can beat next quarter. The term should inspire you to pull the trigger after the quarter's been reported, certainly not before, because no business ever invokes the term clearing and no investors ever think of clearing if it hasn't already really reset expectations on the conference call. It is just too dangerous to do so. Just remember, these terms rarely mean what they sound like. But once you've got a translator like me, you can figure out whether they mean buy or sell. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you I'll try to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you next time. The news with Shepard Smith starts now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.